It is the fourth Sunday of Advent, not Christmas yet. Everywhere we look, people are completing their preparations for Christmas Day. School is out. People are beginning to travel. Most people have their trees up. There are a few Advent stalwarts out there who do not, but most people have their trees up. But it's not Christmas yet. It's still Advent, a time of preparation. And we're preparing to celebrate the Incarnation when God and Jesus broke through and acted in our time and space in order to begin God's saving plan for humankind. The last few weeks, our scripture has been giving us themes for our preparation, things to ponder, keep awake, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The light is coming into the world. We are hearing, get ready. Get ready for God to break into the world. The incarnation and our need to prepare for it is a present reality. And before I went off to seminary, a man in my office used to come in my, and, and talk to me about religion. He would just pop into my office, sit down in a chair and start going. And he was often agitated by the thought that other faiths might be making headway in our country and in the world. And one day he came into my office and he, and he told me, he, sa- he said, I was in a cab in New York City. And I got to talking to this cab driver who's not a Christian. And he told me he did not believe that Christianity is real because he didn't believe that God would lower God's self to become a human being. In other words, this, this cabbie rejected the idea of the Incarnation altogether. And my friend could not articulate any kind of response to this. And he was flustered. And he was a little bit angry, so he came in, I guess, to vent on me. And uh, I got to thinking about it. And what I see is that the Incarnation isn't a, a problem just for this particular cab driver. It's, it's a problem for many human beings who are not Christian In fact, it's a problem for many who consider themselves Christian. The principal objection being that God would not bother with humanity because it's racked with depravity and violence and corruption. Many times we think that God is out there somewhere, separate and uninvolved. The clockmaker who makes the clock, winds it up, gets it going and steps back. And perhaps this is a preferable option for us because if we minimize the reality of God in our world, then we can minimize our response. However, if we look at the long history of God and God's people as revealed to us in Scripture, we see a God who consistently breaks into God's created world in order to interact with humanity and bring God's people back into God's grace. Look at the track record. The Old Testament is an entire account of God's activity in the world. And the narratives point to a God who became in the lives of human beings in order to bring God's grace to them and in order to help raise a faithful people who might collectively be a light to all nations, bringing the world to God and God's kingdom into the world. The incarnation follows along this pattern of the Old Testament, God breaks 
into our world out of love in order to begin God's saving plan. And in all cases of God's involvement, it requires a human commitment. There is always a choice. Today, we hear about Mary in the Annunciation where the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and makes God's plan known to her. Mary is probably a child by the standards of our society, our society today, and she's not wealthy, and she doesn't hold any position of authority, yet she is given the opportunity to accept the special grace of becoming the mother of God's incarnate self. And Luke writes that Mary is perplexed. She's unnerved. What sane person wouldn't be unnerved? Her response is, how could this be? Far from being an overly faithful zealot, even Mary knows how babies are made. How can this be? However, at the end of this revelation, Mary says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. She's saying, amen, let it be so. That's her decision. That's her choice. She agrees to participate in God's plan for the world. It would be difficult for God to force some unplanned pregnancy on some unsuspecting woman and expect the plan to work out. The incarnation requires more than God breaking into the world. It requires human participation. God and humankind is half the incarnation. The other half requires humankind to be in Christ, to participate in God's action in the world. The church is the continuation of the incarnation, Christ in the world today. And we participate in that incarnation when we show up here on Sunday, we pray together, and we gather around the table and take part in communion, the body and blood of Christ. We feed on Christ in our hearts with thanksgiving. And we gather here and we go forth into the world to make God's presence, God's light, a reality in the world for believers and non-believers alike. Our actions stemming from our faith shape others, and it shapes the world around us. Perhaps a church more aware of itself as bearers of light would allow others to be open to the idea of the Incarnation. I visited a young woman in a hospital some years ago, and she was sick, and she was recovering. And we were talking, and she let me know that she had a son who was less than two years old. And this was a surprise to me because she was only 21. And she told me that the father was not active in their lives anymore. And I asked her if she was involved in a faith community because I wanted to reach out to them and let, her, let them know she was there and perhaps they can come visit her. And it turned out that she belonged to a local church and they were very involved in her life. And they were very interested in her well-being and her son's well-being. And so we got to talking about this, and she started to well up and cry. And she told me that her church was so supportive and so helpful. She said, during my illness and during the birth of my child and raising up my child, they've been so helpful and so caring. And she was crying because she wanted to continue that that feeling, that, that involvement within the church, and she knew that the church had been a blessing to her. And she told me that she wanted to raise her child in the church. And she had experienced the love of Christ in her church. 
And that is an incarnation experience. That is God breaking into the world in the body of Christ. And that body of Christ responds and brings healing and reconciliation to a young mother. Not condemnation or judgment, but real healing and reconciliation. And then that young mother responds to the body of Christ, welcoming that love and participates in it and raises her child in the body of Christ. And if we're paying attention to what's going on in our world, we see there are many stories like this, that God is active in our lives, active in our stories. And when someone says, I don't think God will lower self, God's self to become human, I see it otherwise. I see a God who broke into time in Jesus Christ and continues to break into our lives today. It's the God of our history and the God of our experience During Advent, we hear, keep awake, prepare the way, the light's coming into the world. Our last gift in our Advent preparation is a reminder that the mystery of the Incarnation requires a human response. And we spend time preparing for that light to enter the world and to enter into ourselves so that when we are called to bear that light and bring reconciliation into the world, We can say individually, and we can say it collectively. Here am I, the servant of the Lord.